a few years ago, I was collaborating with the Swine Integrator in Quebec, and they were experiencing uh, like uh, point uh, almost point three percent animal losses, including uh, non-ambulatory and, and dead animals. And uh, so they started uh, over a three years time. They started thinking what was the, the reason for all this. So they and they started to be and to be more proactive, and and uh, and uh, and started applying several um, taking several actions. Like for instance, they they started uh, um, modifying the, the design or the loading docks at the farm. Uh, they uh, started training the personnel, the the handling crew, crew and also the drivers. And uh, and they started to give uh, they they remove some uh, handling tools which are uh, considered quite aversive like electrical prods electrical goads and um, and also they started giving incentives to the drivers for the for the number of animals uh, arriving dead on a, uh, at, at the slaughter plant so the the lower the, the lower was the number the more money they could get. Uh, or they, they they receive kind of premium for for the for their effort, and uh, over three years time the rate uh, uh, dropped from 028 percent to point zero point zero four percent, just because they 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 were there was action being taken, you know. A whole new era of communication in the Canadian swine industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds of the Canadian and global swine industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Swine Veterinary Partners comprises four well-established clinics across Canada. Precision Veterinary Services, Premier SHP, Demeter, Ontario, and Demeter, Quebec. Our nutrition group includes four companies, Nutrition Athena, Shakespeare Mill, Farmhouse, and Nutrition Partners, which serve swine producers all across Canada. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible source of protein with a low level of potassium, giving young animals a healthy start. Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Show Canada, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the Canadian and global swine industry. Swine Veterinary Partners offers a full range of animal health and production services to Canadian pork producers. We approach health management through personalized solution with concern for profitability while taking into account performance and the well-being of your animals. Welcome to Swine at Canada. My name is John Patience and I'll be the host of today's podcast. Uh, with me today, I have Dr. Luigi Fossitano, who's a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Sherbrooke, Quebec. Very interesting guy with a lot of, uh, lot of experience in meat quality, especially as it's related to transportation. And that, in fact, is what we're going to talk about today. So welcome, Luigi. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Great. Before we go any further, uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, could you uh, give us a bit of a, a brief background of yourself, where you're from, your training and your experiences, uh, Luigi? I think that would be of interest. Okay. Uh, so as, as my, my name shows, I'm Italian born. Um, I was born in Bologna, uh, which is in the 
northern part of Italy between Milan and Florence and where I, I was born, I studied, I did my, my bachelor study, my, my doctoral studies there and um, in animal science and, uh, and then part of my doctoral studies were also done in Spain uh, where I, um, uh, I participated in a, in a survey of pre-slaughter management, pre-slaughter uh, conditions uh, across different slaughter plants there. And uh, then I, in, in, this, in, this, in this period, I, I got my training in uh, evaluation of animal welfare and, and the effect on equality related to the pre-slaughter handling of, of pigs, especially pigs uh, from the farm to, uh, to, to slaughter. Then after my, my PhD in University of Bologna, uh, which is, by the way, the oldest university in the world, um, I, I moved to, uh, I moved to, um, to, uh, to Brazil, where I, uh, I, I did a part of my post, postdoctoral studies uh, in the south of Brazil, uh, where I had uh, an, uh, a grant as a visiting professor. And then I started teaching, and uh, and actually I had the first responsibility as a, a leader of, of a project, the first ever project on pre-slaughter handling in Brazil. Uh, I always been appreciated for that and uh, knowledge for, for for this in in, the, in that country. And uh, after that, I went to, I went back to Europe. I spent the uh, rest of my postdoc activities in Spain, uh, where I worked on uh, on stunning and slaughter of pigs, uh, different techniques. And uh, always related to, uh, to the welfare of animals and, and the effect on equality. And then uh, after, after a few years, I, I stayed in Spain and I, I worked for the genetic company, a, a swine genetic com- company called the uh, Pig Improvement Company, where I was uh, the uh, technical manager of the company, uh, evaluating carcass and equality of genetic nucleus of the company. And after a year, I had the chance to, uh, the, the great opportunity to be hired by Agriculture for Canada here in, uh, in Sherbrooke, in Quebec. And, uh, and I've been uh, holding this position since then uh, as a meat scientist, uh, um, leading a, a unique, uh, at least to me, a research program on uh, the effect of a pre-slaughter management, including transportation, uh, on the welfare of pigs and meat quality. Very good. So, uh, just to, to finish that up, how how long would you say you've been working in this area of transportation and meat quality? Well, I, I started already a bit uh, during my 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 doctoral studies because of course transportation was included because it was a service of different doctoral procedures, including transportation, of course. Uh, but specifically on transportation, I started in two thousand six two thousand seven. Uh, in collaboration with uh, the Prairie Swan Center in Canada, with the director of Saskatchewan as well, uh, where Ergonio was uh, also interested in, in doing some research on transportation, and uh, and that time was very was was key uh, because at that time it was actually where when the industry uh, started being. Uh, aware of, of of issues on transportation. Um, Due to the fact that, that there was a peak in, in mortality rates in animal losses during transportation, and so the, the the big question was what was the cause of it. So we we uh, we started from scratch because no no other research on transportation was was ever done in Canada apart from a little survey in, in the, the late seventies. Uh, but uh, apart from that, there was really nothing uh, that was done. It was it was it was done something in in United States, but very very. 
almost nothing in Canada. So we started from scratch and we wanted to see whether uh, some factors we thought were, were important, like uh, vehicle design, uh, the, the transportation conditions were the, the causing factors of this uh, uh, great or the greater anim animal uh, losses rate. So we, we started evaluating different vehicle models and uh, started to get into these models to see what was the cause of the effect of the vehicle model or on, on the welfare of the animals and uh, they did losses and, and eventually um, variation in carcass quality. And so in 2007, we started. Yeah, so, so about 15 years. Yeah, yeah, you're you're well experienced. And we started with with a big service on different vehicle models, testing vehicle models, uh, looking at the the ambient condition inside, and, and how the animals were coping with this in terms of behavior and physiological physiological response, and eventually uh, how the meat quality could be affected by all these uh, uh, type of responses. Uh, so I would say 2006, 2009, where actually the, the highest mortality rate was, was achieved. So let's uh, let's start uh, when we're talking about transportation, uh, Luigi. Let's let's start with the the what are some of the adverse things that can happen during transportation and what their impact is. And let's start first with mortality. Um, what what would be the range in mortality uh, during transport? And what do you think is the lowest practical target for mortality during transportation? Well, there's no actually a, a target. The, the thing is that, of course, the, the logically we say that the, the, the least is, is, is the least as possible. <laughs> the lowest number of animals being 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 lost during transportation as possible. Uh, in in Canada, we have a, a, a mortality rate range between 0.07 to 0.08 percent as of now. So, meaning that eight seven to eight animals every ten thousand being transported are dead on arrival at the, the slaughter plant. Uh, but of course, there are higher rates in the United States. There are even higher rates in South America. Uh, usually, uh, usually, you know, you, you, you can, we cannot say, uh, I really like to have, uh, I don't know, a, a, a much lower rate. Of course, this is logical, but we cannot, we cannot put a number. Uh, because you know the the, the 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 complete picture of the situation of the condition of the load in a truck is not only or, or is, is not only um, reflected in the in the in the, the the number of animals which are dead on arrival also animals that are arrive fatigued or arrive injured so usually when we have uh, uh, I don't know usually the ratio we say when we have a dead animals in in uh, in, in the truck. Uh, on arrival at the slaughter plant, we have a, a risk of, of having two or three, t three times more animals which are non-ambulatory, for instance, uh, because of they are fatigued or because they are injured. So we have to uh, we have to uh, um, actually evaluate the complete picture of uh, of, of the situation. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to to get at, uh, Luigi, was if I'm a pork producer listening to this podcast. And I'm measuring, you know, I'm keeping track of mortality during transport, and I'm sure most producers are. Um, what is a number that I could look at and say, you know, I think I'm okay. I should be looking at other aspects of my operation because there I'm more likely to be able to achieve improvement. Or, gee, I'm, I listened to this podcast last week, and they were talking about mortality rates that are 
much lower than what I'm talking about. So that's where I'm trying to come from. I know there's no definitive, but you're saying that typically in Canada, 0.07 to 0.08 percent. Yeah, exactly. This, this I think okay. is a, is a, is a good figure. I mean, yeah. if we are if we are lower than 010 percent, this is a good figure. But for yeah. instance, in countries where mortality rate is very low, like for instance in Denmark, uh, we have 0.02 percent, 0.01 percent. I was uh, I was collaborating with uh, because I I also. You know, most of my research activity is uh, is in partnership with the industry, and uh, actually, fifty percent of my funding source come from the industry, and I work very closely with the industry uh, here in Canada. And uh, I, a few years ago, I was collaborating with a swine integrator in Quebec, and they were experiencing uh, like uh, point uh, almost point three percent animal losses, including. Uh, non-ambulatory and, and dead animals, and uh, so they started uh, over a three years time. They started thinking what was the, the reason for all this. So they and they started to be and to be more proactive, and and uh, and uh, and started applying several. Um, taking several actions, like for instance, they they started. Uh, um, Modifying the, the design or the loading docks at the farm, uh, they uh, started training the personnel, the the handling crew, crew and also the drivers, and they, and they started to give uh, they they remove some uh, handling tools which are uh, considered quite aversive, like electrical prods, electrical goads, and um, and also they started giving incentives to the drivers for the for the number of animals uh, arriving dead. On a, uh, at, at the slaughter plant, so the, the lower the, the lower was the number, the more money they could get, uh, or they, they they receive kind of premium for for the for their effort. And uh, over three years time, the rate uh, uh, dropped from 028 percent to point zero point zero four percent, just because they. There was there was action being taken, you know. So okay. that actually the company was was very happy because the the, the the animal loss rate was 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 decreased significantly. Absolutely, excellent. We might come back to that if we have time to talk about some of those changes uh, more specifically. But I would like to uh, to first talk a little bit about your research because I yep. think the I think our listeners would be interested. What are some of the uh, key studies? or perhaps key findings in, in your research in this whole area of transportation and its impact on uh, mortality, non-ambulatory pigs, and on meat quality. Yeah. Uh, as I said before, when I started, we, we started from scratch. So we wanted to know what was the situation there in terms of uh, the vehicle fleet being used in Canada for, for swine transportation to, to slaughter. I'm not, I never, I never studied on, on the transportation of either, other pig types like piglets or, or you know, uh, cow animals. So uh, market weight pigs are uh, usually transported uh, from from farm to slaughter and uh, with with vehicles that were and at the time uh, but still there are some vehicle models that are still uh, being used uh, the, the, the the vehicle which was considered very critical was a pot belly trailer 
which is a three-decked uh, vehicle, uh, possibly ventilated with no ventilation fans at all. And it was criticized because it was it was uh, it was kind of uh, uh, being spotted because uh, it was it was considered in in the. Uh, within the industry, like the, the the major cause for for the the um, the animal losses during transportation, and so we wanted to know whether actually to confirm this this opinion, this uh, assumption, and and actually we found that uh, the, the, this trailer is quite difficult to load and unload because uh, the the three decks are fed uh, through ramps. So when when the animals had to go to the to the upper ramp to the upper deck or to the bottom deck, they have to go. They have to negotiate ramps, and ramps most of the time are very steep. Uh, usually, when the the, the 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 ramp angle or the ramp slope slope is is above twenty degrees, usually pigs have more difficulties in 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 going going up and down, especially going down, and they are very stressed. And um, the models we, we tested uh, feature this type of ramps, um, especially the models that because the, this, this type of, of, of trailer uh, is, a, is a kind of double purpose. Uh, some models are used for cattle and pig transportation, and other models are just for pig transportation. Uh, usually those uh, that are used for cattle transportation have up to three uh, ramps uh, going up and down and from another ramp going from the upper deck to the to the nose of the of, of the trailer. And uh, this this ramp are very steep. Sometimes they are 25, 30 degrees. So you can imagine it's more a toboggan than a slide than, than a ramp. So they actually pigs uh, actually slide down from 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 these ramps. Uh, so it's difficult for for them to to cope with this, and also it's difficult to for the handlers to uh, to, uh, to 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 drive these pigs. Uh, you know, to the compartment there of of that they are destined to, and so. So we, actually, we arrived at this. Uh, we confirmed with, the, with the, the first trial that this, this trailer was very critical. And so we started to change, modify the design by, uh, you know, reducing the slope of these ramps. And also some companies I collaborated with, they also tried to, to, do, to put some hydraulic features inside, like hydraulic ramps. Or uh, uh, they they put some ventilation fans because another problem with this triple trailer is a passive ventilation, meaning that the airflow just goes in. The air flows in when the vehicle is moving. So when the vehicle is stationary, sitting somewhere, there's no airflow at all. And especially when the vehicle is stationary under work condition, the temperature can go up up to 10 degrees more than outside temperature. And considering that the, the thermal neutral zone or zone of peaks matter weight peaks as, as a threshold. If we exceed this threshold, peaks can suffer from heat stress and can die or can get or can become unambulatory. So we work on this, on the on the design of this trailer and we we also studied uh, try to assess alternative to this trailer, other trailers that can be used. Trailers with uh, removing the completely the ramps, using trailers with uh, uh, um, hydraulic features like hydraulic decks um and in um, all kind of transport condition in summer and winter uh, long transportation short transportation and there was a company for instance uh, i collaborated with is aliman breton here in quebec in the northern quebec vian du breton is is again another swine integrated company and they as they are integrated they they own everything they know they own the farms they own the trucks and they own the slaughter plants so they control everything and they actually 
like the other the other company I told you about, they are very interested in in improving their condition because at the, at the end of the day, is the quality of the product which is affected. So um, so they they found that actually we compare the a different situation that this company has. They have farms which which are quite far away, seven hours away from the plant, and farms which are very close, like uh, up to probably. 40 minutes, 45 minutes from the plant. So they wanted to know whether they, they could keep the spot belly trailer uh, for the, the condition they have, their micro condition they have. And our study showed that uh, when the con- transport conditions are okay, the animals have a, a good space to lie down, uh, they are in comfort, they can cope with the, with the pot belly trailer regardless of the ramp, despite the, the, the presence of the ramp, for a long-distance transportation because they have the time to uh, settle down and to lie down and to recover from the stress of, of handling and loading. When this trailer is used for short transportation time, like 45 minutes, this trailer is not recommended because pigs are still under the effect of the stressful loading because of the ramps. And when they arrive at the plant, they are still fatigued. They are they, they didn't recover at all. So usually the presotary period, the presotary handling is quite tricky because it's, it's a, it consists of many additive effects, handling, transportation, preparation of the animals, interaction with humans, different environments. Uh, so we have to control as much as possible. Of course, many factors are not are completely out of control. But uh, when we add uh, a stressful loading, stressful handling through ramps, and then unloading again, and then interaction with human to uh, to drive these pigs to the to the rest pen at the, at the sort of plant, all these factors add up uh, in terms of stress. And so this, at the end of the day, just an example how my research actually was helpful. It was useful for the industry. The, the, my research uh, was uh, actually key for the company to make a decision. They, they decided to keep the, this, this, the, the, for the for the transportation from the f- faraway farms and to have another vehicle models for the farms that were, that were nearer, were closer to the slaughter plant. And the other model, which actually was compared to the potbelly trailer, was a flagged trailer, which is at the same load capacity of a potbelly trailer, 210, 220 pigs per load, but featuring uh, hydraulic decks. So there were no ramps. The middle and the, bot- and the top deck was completely hydro- were semi-hydraulic. And so this is the first uh, trailer with hydraulic feature that was introduced into in, in Canada. Now nowadays there are other uh, vehicles uh, coming from Europe that are, that are completely hydraulic. The the decks are completely hydraulic, and actually they are much easier to uh, to load and load. Uh, they are um, they are completely actively ventilated vehicles, so they, they, you can control the microclimate. This is another part of research I, 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 I did uh, on, on the control of a microclimate inside the, the trailer. Do you have any sense of, of the uh, trucks that are being used to haul hogs in Canada? What proportion of them would be the, the design that you're recommending? Well, nowadays, the, the potbelly trailer I told you about is, the most, is still the most popular one, especially in the West. Also, for instance, in, in terms of big types, for instance, this is a kind of an example 
or very uh, vulnerable type, which, which are the calcows, which are transported from Canada to the United States. 80% of calcows mm-hmm. are shipped to the United States because there are only two or three um, uh, specialized slaughter plants for yeah. calcows, and most of them are actually in Iowa, in your state. Uh, they, they they go to Illinois to Iowa, so they the network of calcows can be up to two thousand kilometers away, and so calcows are transported a long time. Uh, usually, these sows are transported with potbelly trailers. So in the West, potbelly trailer is still very is still is still quite popular. But there are companies that are more interested in uh, new technology in more sophisticated vehicles, and they are more aware of the losses they can they can suffer from. And uh, like, for instance, Conestoga Meat in Ontario or uh, uh, Olimel also, they have other, other, other trailers now, uh, which are, you know, the Dutch technology or Italian technology. Uh, the, the last vehicle models I tested uh, are uh, vehicles coming from, from the Netherlands. Uh, they are the most sophisticated ones I ever tested. They are... Um, they have, don't have hydraulic decks. The, the decks are fixed, but they have an hydraulic tailgate lift. So they have a platform in the back, in the rear part of the, of the trailer. So it's like a, a, an elevator in the end. So groups of animals are loaded and then lifted up to the, to, to the decks and uh, without I mean, negotiating any ramp. And what is interesting in this type of trailer uh, is uh, the, the, the ceiling can be lifted up hydraulically so they can can give more room to the to, to also to the to the driver and the handlers to get in without crawling into the compartment like in the other type of trailers because in this type of trailer especially in the passive ventilated vehicles the this the, the headroom between the animal and the ceiling of the of of, of the upper deck uh, uh, is very is very short uh, so that affects the airflow and also the the handling. Uh, you know, fatigue and of, of, of drivers that having to handle the animals inside. So this, this trailers have this feature, which is really innovative, uh, like lift, lifting up the the the, 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 the ceiling, so the actually the, the driver can can do the the, the handling work standing, without right. any 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 other uh, physical effort. So it's very is very useful. It is very. Uh, Lower time consuming, shorter time consuming, and less 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 fatigue. And um, so, this is type of trailers. I the advances the way that the, the the tracking technology, the tracking company are are making is especially in terms of ventilation, active ventilation, and uh, and design of uh, of trailers uh, in order to uh, um, making the airflow smoother. So the, the so they cross the vehicles, you know, and uh, in order to uh, to control the 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 heat loss of the animals and and and, and making them more in comfort. I'm uh, unfortunately one of my responsibilities as as host is to keep an eye on the clock, Luigi. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, I told uh, you that you talk too much. We've we, oh no, not at all. This is very very interesting. And um, but before we we move on, I, I just very briefly. You've talked about the impact of transportation on mortality and non-ambulatory pigs, uh, which is great. Now, let's move to what are the potential impacts of, of transportation 
on meat quality? Yeah, well, uh, by principle and based on research, uh, when you uh, you know make an overview of, of all the studies over the years, mm-hmm. uh, the, the conclusion is that transportation is more an animal welfare issue than a meat quality issue. Uh, this is because between the transportation and the, the, the slaughter moment, uh, we have a buffer, which is the, the you know the, the, the rest time or the layerish time at the slaughter plant, which actually its purpose is exactly to uh, let the pigs recover from the stress of transportation and handling for meat quality control, more more than animal welfare control, because if we're just animal welfare. You know, the animals are just to be unloaded and driven to the slaughter point to, to the kill floor right away. There's no, the, for, for their welfare is much better this way in, in order, in, 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 you know, instead of, you know, adding another stress, which is, you know, in a new environment with other pigs completely unfamiliar. So they mix, they are mixed, they fight and stuff. But for me, quality control rest time is, uh, is, is, the, is the key, is, a, is, a, is, the, is the, the period that is necessary. Uh, so, because of that, uh, when when the animals is rested, uh, is recovered completely from the, the stress of transportation. So that we don't see anything on equality. I still keep uh, on evaluating equality in my studies because you never know if something uh, mm-hmm. you know happened. Uh, but what is, what is really important to say is that. Uh, Despite, regardless of the buffer um, effect of the, of leverage of, of resting pigs in, in the slaughter plant before slaughter, if transportation stress is very severe, is very very strong, uh, then you can still see effects on meat quality. So that this buffer is not efficient enough to let the pig, pigs recover because the stress was very very high. So usually when, uh, for instance, I I, I usually show a table in my, in my presentation when I see when the transportation stress based on behavior response or physiological response is very significant, uh, then you can see effects on meat quality uh, in terms of exudation or in terms of uh, exudative pork or in terms of dark pork, regarding, depending on if the stress is, is chronic or is, or is uh, acute. But just in that case, when transportation is very severe, the stress is very severe, then you, you can end up having seen something in the, in the meat. And typically, what is the length of uh, layerage that is recommended? Uh, well, usually, the, I usually say when, when the, 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 you know, the transportation is okay and, uh, and the, the pigs have the time, the chance to recover well, so they have a, a good space to lie down in the pan on the layerage and uh, and the environment is is uh, under control in terms of uh, temperature humidity and noise and stuff in an hour in an hour and a half the animals recover usually usually said uh, you know research from the late uh, 90s they said that uh, uh, you know, in two, in, in a, with a leverage of two, three hours, the, the animal recover completely, re- return to the basal level of, of several stress indicators in blood. Uh, but in, in my experience, with uh, one hour and a half, two hours, the animal recover uh, quite well. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, thanks very much. This has been really interesting. I think we probably tried to cover too much territory in the amount of time we had yeah. available because it's a fascinating topic, but it's also one that has many components. So uh, maybe we'll get you back sometime and 
and uh, drill into some of the very specific things that you recommended, for example, to, with the company you worked with, where you were able to reduce their uh, their mortality and 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 uh, ambulatory issues from what about 0.28 percent, I think you said, down to 0.02 or 0.03. I think that would be of interest, right? But but we'll have to save that for another time. It's time for our famous three. Just very quickly, then, uh, I have three questions for you that you yeah. are aware of. And the first one is, what would be your favorite swine-related book? Well, I, I I tend to be a kind of show-off because I, I, I published a book uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And um, which is called Preslaughter Handling of Preslaughter Handling and Slaughter of Meat Animals, and which is a kind of my legacy, you know, to the new generation of, of my research. I I was just an editor. I had a, I had a couple of chapters in the book, but I also had the privilege to work with other colleagues who actually contributed to the book, and you know, is uh, covering several species, even exotic species. But you know, this is this is the book I I. I I, I'm, I'm I'm proud of, yes. but uh, you know the the, the thing that the, the books from Temple Grandin are the books I they were they were my textbooks when I was student and uh, and when uh, uh, four or five years ago I was invited to contribute with a chapter to the like the, the fifth edition of her book uh, handling and transport uh, uh, lives to transport and handling uh, I, I was invited for by her to contribute to, to this book I was really uh, an emotional time, an emotional sure. moment, because you know, I you know I I, I studied on in in their book and uh, uh, it was my textbook during my PhD studies, and then I had the chance to contribute to it. So, I, I think you know the the Temple Grandin books are usually the you know the kind of must have books. Uh, but I recommend you know to, to the, just to promote myself a bit, my my book published last year. Yes. Moving on then to uh, to a, a broader question, and that is, what is your favorite book that you would recommend to our listeners that's not related to swine, but just general reading, whether it's fiction or nonfiction? Yeah, well, you know, I I'm I'm a scientist, but I also I am uh, am an intellectual person, so I, I really love history and uh, history of art, especially. So I'm I have a passion for this. When I, when I when I read books, I, I tend to, to, to buy this type of books. Because, you know, I, I'm i a scientist, I'm a researcher, but I, I'm also a scholar, so I like learning all the time. So, uh, and uh, sometimes I read some, you know, uh, quite more narrative books or with, with stories and stuff, but I tend to, to, to buy this type of books. And then our final question is, uh, I think it's a particularly helpful question uh, question for our younger listeners who are just perhaps starting their career or maybe still in school. And that is, is that uh, in your opinion, um, what sets successful uh, professionals in the swine area apart from the crowd? What, what makes people particularly successful? Well, the success is usually based on on your visionary skills, on your attitude to uh, you know to be innovative as much as possible, to read a lot and try to to uh, to look for gaps in knowledge. Uh, you know, it can actually attract uh, you know the interest from from the public, from from the industry, from your colleagues. This is this is the the the, the three keys that are the three uh, you know. Uh, 
uh, type of uh, you know temper or personality features that are very important to uh, to be successful in our in our in our field. Be innovative, being visionary, uh, and being always aware of of gaps that can you know that, that can be you know available or can can be uh, can they can be seen in, in knowledge and, and and try to to jump into it. Great. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we've been talking to Luigi Fossitano, who's a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Sherbrooke, Quebec. We've been talking about uh, hog transportation and uh, uh, some of the things that can go wrong in transportation and some of the research that he has done over the years uh, to enhance the design of transportation vehicles. So thank you very much, Luigi. It's been a real pleasure and a very fascinating uh, podcast. You are very welcome. It's been my pleasure too. Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wise Minutes, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at the help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business. 